ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. So, Osip is um, casting with me again this week, and uh, I'd like to thank Osip for coming to the wilds of Hoboken, New Jersey, through the rain to podcast with me. And uh, he was just laughing that I have a Taylor Swift magnet in my office. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it was surprising. I do love Taylor. So how could that be surprising? <laughs> I guess that's Well, I knew you liked her. I didn't realize that how much Taylor Swift paraphernalia you have. I see a mug as well. Yeah, it's a 1989 mug. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. It hasn't been washed in some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually feels terrible now. I just like used a paper cup to make this cup of coffee. I could have just washed my Taylor Swift mug. And so wasteful. And saved, like, probably an entire tree. <laughs> um, did you watch the Pro Tour Finals, o- uh, Owen, against Lucas yeah, Gohan? Yeah, it wasn't very quick or entertaining. Not nearly as good as the LSV matchup. Uh, I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah? No, I was busy on Sunday. <laughs> I think I watched it in replays. I watched most of it in replays. I watched, uh, I mean, well, I also I also played in the PPTQ on Saturday. Yeah. But I went back and watched all the constructed matches Saturday night, right? Like. Oh, and you won the PPTQ on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. You played in two? Okay. Yeah, so Saturday, um, like, every, I mean, whatever. Whenever whenever I don't even, like, win a match, I could be playing against, like, one against two, Gabriel Nassif and Luis Scott Vargas, you know, two at a giant versus me, and I would just be complaining if I lost the game, right? You know, it's so sad and upset, but... Like, I think every single thing went wrong for me on Saturday, so I was just like... Like, if just one fewer thing goes wrong... Like, down to, like, being ninth on breakers, right? Like, yeah. You know... I, like, I saw that tweet, and I felt pretty bad, but yeah. then I remembered that you had another one. Yeah, yeah. And I was pretty sure you were going to win that. And I just demolished the one on Sunday. <laughs> I went I went 12-2 and two in games on Sunday, and one of the, one of the games I lost... Um, I literally had him negative six or something on the board where he probably couldn't have done anything because I double idle on in play, but I just sequenced my spells wrong and left him with one life instead, and then he ripped an untapped plane and killed me with the siege rhino. So <laughs> I like that your wife even knew you'd need at least two PTQs. Oh yeah, 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 because yeah. like this, the Sunday one was limited, limited in games. It was like I think it was like capped at twenty four or something. Uh, so it hit hit at the max, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, she was like, you should register ahead of time. I'm like, what if I went on Saturday? And she was just like, yeah, sure you will. <laughs> so, and like, they, they got me the daggers, too, because Saturday was only 25, but Sunday was, like, 30. So listen to this. So the Sunday one's in Queens, and I get there, and, like, they almost canceled it because the store's ceiling collapsed. Really? Yeah, so, like, they're like, well, we could just cancel it and refund everyone. And I'm like, no, you have another location. We will all go to your other location. Was this Modesty? Yeah. Oh, so they moved it to Midtown? They made it to That's to way Midtown. better. Yeah. This is closer. <laughs> and that was awesome. So then wow. know, people were like, no, we'll all get on the train. <laughs> Everyone we're, got on the train and commuted? Yeah, I mean. Wow. We, instead of not playing, we're all at the tournament already. True, what are you yeah. going to do? Wow. All right, so um, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah so um, there was also a pro tour last weekend. There was. Yeah. Standard. Not modern. Um, standard, is, is that your favorite format? Um, I like that it's changes from season to season. I mean, modern, modern legacy, they don't really change that much. I mean, you'll have a few cards, but unless they ban something, the tier one decks are pretty much going to be the tier one decks. Standard, at least you see different decks every season. I think, I mean, there was, I think about like maybe a year or two ago, there was a lot of upheaval in legacy, right? The dread... Delve cards, right? The Delve cards. I think the Delve cards added stuff, yeah. And Eidolon of the Great Rebel, right? So I think Eidolon of the Great Rebel is one of the most important cards for... Swift Spirit, too, I think. Yeah, Legacy. Yeah, so those... I mean, so there's definitely cards that get added, but for the most part, the archetypes that exist, they're always going to be around. It's like... Deathrite Shaman was probably the best addition. It's only six bucks now because of Modern Masters. or Eternal Masters. Yeah. And I remember, I knew that card was going to be insane once I saw it, but... It's a great card. The archety- the fundamental archetypes, though, is what you're doing in the games remains the same, more or less. It's always, like, mana denial, really efficient spells, or, like, just going over the top with abusive combos. But standard is much more dynamic. So, this so new, new set just rotated in. 
Eldritch Moon, no cards left, correct? That's just new, right? No, just new. They so, didn't take and then the first weekend, band company was just like in full full effect. Yeah. The new boogeyman, and then the second week, some asshole was just like, oh, "I'm just gonna play the deck from last season that never lost the tournament." And no know. new Eldritch Moon cards yeah, no. whatsoever. So that that asshole was awesome. And then he uh, crushed that one. Uh, and then I was, like, really excited. I was just like, oh, man, I want to play that Crush deck. That blue-green Crush deck with, like, Den Protector, Crush of um, crush of Tentacles seems like the awesomest thing you could do. Really, like, mess up on any of these decks on the board. But I, that deck can't even be playable, right? The entire format's about Emrakuls and Elder Deep Fiends, which are, like, yeah. two cards that are very bad it's for people funny. who are crushing. Not since Pro Tour Dublin have I, have I seen a Pro Tour so dramatically shift people's expectations of what the metagame was because from like the previous I remember in Dublin going into the Pro Tour it was all about you were like, qualified for Dublin? Yeah we tested a lot oh, wait, of let that. me guess let me guess like this. you were on Green White Aggro yeah we played Green White Aggro <laughs> a lot and that deck ended up not bad by the way it wasn't bad but we like I, I tried building a Mono Blue Devotion deck and I had it early but it was just so bad against Esper or at least our matchup wasn't that great and I thought everybody would be playing Esper so we just immediately but discarded that it. That deck never got good against control decks with Wraths. I get, yeah, but everyone still played it and Green White was really bad against Mono Blue. It was like almost unplayable. Were there there was Supreme Verdict still in Supreme standard, Verdict, right? yeah. yeah so. so I think eventually Mono Blue players figured out a strategy against Esper. But we just thought that it was, was a good matchup. But then when you get to the Pro Tour, there wasn't just there was just not a lot of Esper, and there was a ton of Mono Blue Devotion. Like all the Pantheon guys were playing it. So like after that so Pro Tour, what was then your plan you had Mono Black Control, Green White against Control, just like leveling up your Green White Main Lion, and then they could yeah, play. it was like you had you had a lot of Flash guys, you had um, a lot of Boom Seder, Boom Seder, you had Admin of the Worm. So like your control matchup wasn't that bad, and you had a Johnny. Is this just the deck that Philly was playing in the WMCQ qualifier yeah. like eight months later? Yeah, basically <laughs> same deck. And and like Boswell basically played that deck all season because we teamed together for Dublin. So yeah. like he he loved that deck. He played it forever. He loved uh, um, Mana Confluence. Did you guys play that card? He, we did. Yeah, your mana was really bad there for, for the. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not. But then obviously a lot of decks came out of that pro tour, like uh, Pack Rat, Mono Black Devotion, Mono that Blue deck was, Devotion. That was important. Those decks came out and they dominated the format after, and really no one knew about those decks prior to the pro tour. This is the same thing. Like no one really saw all these emerged decks just dominating. You don't think? The pro I tour. thought that I thought that Pilgrim's Eye Elder Deep Theme was going to be a, the thing, and I was surprised yeah. it didn't do well the first two weeks. Well, when they asked me at the Open, they were like, what card impressed you the most? I said Elder Deep Theme. I actually thought Elder Deep Theme decks would do really well. But if you look at the prior two Opens, that really... Like, people had Elder Deep Themes on, like, their sideboard of Bant, but it wasn't really a deck. Nobody went all in, like, the Owen strategy, the Finkel strategy. No one really did anything like that. So You I, didn't see red-green ramp decks really evolve like I, that. I don't know that I would have been smart enough to figure out Grapple with a pass by myself without putting a lot of time into it. But, like, isn't, like, Elder Deep Fiend with uh, Shrine of the Forsaken Gods into the other Elder Deep Fiend? Sanctum like, Vugan. Sorry, Sanctum Vugan. Yeah. Isn't that, like, pretty intuitive? Like, just you cast the first Elder Deep Fiend and then you get the next three Elder Deep Fiends and kill them? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I think everyone kind of saw that. The problem is, though, is that what are you going to... Th th that chain actually does require a lot of mana because you're losing a land each turn. So like no, but you, you have to make sure that you keep hitting your land drops. And the other thing is that I think the I think the interaction was obvious. Yeah. I think I think people just didn't know what shell to put it in. And I think the first two opens, people really don't want to risk anything. They're like, there's no point. Well, the band deck is great anyway. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah, band band. I think people were willing to play just because they knew there's really no reason band's gonna get bad. It's got spell color. Selfless Spirit was a good ad. Um, people enough, were just like, right? well, I think the, the open for the Pro Tour, people don't want to bother innovating because, like, I don't want to buy four Liliana or four Elder Deep Fiend or Emrakuls because they're expensive and be wrong and have the format <laughs> change a week later because the pros figured something else out. Yeah, like, but people are I, never going to willing to take any their of the cards early and now they all cost $40. Well, that you have some people who hedged and said, I think Liliana's going to well, be nuts. You I know, Liliana was gonna obviously going to be good. I probably should have bought that one. Like, Emrakul, like... Emrakul, Liliana's so overpriced now, it's insane. Yeah, but, like, Emrakul, like, I think it was $6 the week before the Pro Tour. Yeah. It was just not expensive. Now it's, like, $40. Emrakul, everyone, those 
big like Eldrazi's. You got yeah, but the find other them. ones like. Is this playable in modern? But like Kozilek and Ulamog never got expensive. They're like eleven dollars at the top or something. Yeah, but em- they don't win you the game straight up when you cast it, and you, you can't cast someone, it for like six. Has anyone ever cast Ulamog against you? Let me tell you, like, you don't come it's back. It's good, but you can't. Like Emrakul's you know just guy, a different story. He destroys stuff when he comes down, and then he messes you up when he attacks. Well, I agree. Both cards are very good when you cast them. Yeah. Emrakul costs like three to four less. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what's crazy to me is like people would cast the Emrakuls and then not win. Like even like very rarely. I mean, what's the Black Elder Deepin? I can't remember his name. Oh, Distended Mindbender. Yeah. So like Owen had this turn where his turn was literally like cast Emrakul, look at his opponent's hand, he's like, crap, cast your Distended Mindbender. Like take like not my two best cards, but still good yeah. cards. Right. I, I, now you still get a turn. I like, think like, honestly, I think Owen's. I think their list of Temer Emerge was probably one of the weaker ones. Really? I, I really, loved it. I thought that... Uh, I think a lot of what got them success was just their playability. They were just Finkel, Owen, they're insanely good players. Reitzel, I don't think they're great with the deck. Um, and I think one other person played it. I don't know what their overall record was, but if you look at their list compared to like Andrew Brown's list, I mean, his list had a clear... They both had clear strategies, but like he was well, like... Elder Deep Fiend is all that matters. Emrakul's secondary. Well, their their whole deck is about getting Their Emrakul. whole deck is about Emrakul. They even have Coax the Blind Eternities as a hedge against uh, Infinite Obliteration. Which, I still think if you get obliterated, that deck doesn't have a lot of game after that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, get I get you have one Coax, maybe you'll get it, you know? But I think if the, if you get obliterated, I just think people weren't prepared if you look at that Pro Tour, like, even LSV, none of the Bant decks had Summary Dismissal on their sideboard. Like, they just well, were LSV not had prepared. had Tamiyo. Like, you were talking about... I, I thought, like, Tamiyo was awesome. It was the greatest anti-Emrakul as far It looked genius to me. Like, he just had Tamiyo on play. Just, like, tap down Emrakul. Attack you. I think... But, like, a card like Eldrazi Displacer would be really good. Like, a lot... I was talking to you about Eldrazi Displacer last week, and you are like, you're just... No, I think I thought that card was good. I think Eldrazi's place is good in Bant. You wanted to play it in like red white control, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think that well, obviously in my own defense, I didn't know that these <laughs> these decks would show up and merge with uh, with uh, Emrakul Arena. Be the I thing. think the I think their deck was was solid. I just think that it was very fragile. Can you imagine? And I think it's hard to beat people who are ready for you. Can you imagine having a Pilgrim's Eye and they have like an Emrakul and then you're just like blocked with my Pilgrim's Eye? <laughs> and then you're like, displace it. <laughs> Look, they just want to, you just totally want to quit magic, right? If you, Your opponent's you got yeah. like a, a You can't deal with the Pilgrim's and Eye. And a Pilgrim's Eye and then you've got an Emrakul and you're like, displace it. I know, because even if you like displace the Emrakul the turn they cast it, yeah. you can't even attack the Displacer into the Emrakul anymore. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah. That was... I, I'm going to be very interested to see how the next few weeks shape up. Especially the Invitational in two weeks. To see what people bring to the table. Because I, I still don't think... I honestly didn't think any of the lists in top eight were like very finely tuned. The black-green deck was gas. You didn't like that deck? The, I like that, that had a deck, spectacular but, win percentage. But not, it had an okay win percentage. The problem was, they just weren't ready for Emrakul decks. Like they, they had they, an Emrakul. They had one Emrakul, but they didn't have, like, Transgress the Mind. Like, any of the cards that you... All the cards you need to beat the all the Emrakul decks, they didn't have in their main deck, you know? You know what deck I hated? Lucas's deck. His deck was boring. I mean, it was just black-white control. But is it, like... I think it seems like a great build of black-white to me. But, again, that just shows you when you have the cards that beat Emrakul... Your deck doesn't have to be amazing. He just played against a bunch of Emrakul decks. Wait, so... That just weren't... You're saying his two... Transgress the Mines and four Gideons in the sideboard make him great against Emrakul? I, I'm saying he had the cards you need to beat Emrakul, he and he drew them against Owen. <laughs> four copies of Transgress the Mines. I know, board. and can you imagine if, if <laughs> once people start adapting how bad the Emrakul decks are going to be? Once people start jamming Transgress main, once people start playing the, the Pact, the Dark Petition into um, Infinite Obliterate main, like, once you start seeing oh, those man, decks show good. up, Emrakul will kind of die down a little bit. It'll still be a major player, but I think a lot of what you saw at the Pro Tour was just people woefully unprepared. And even if you read articles, all the pros were like, we did not expect this much Emrakul. We thought it was just going to be Bant and green-white tokens, which turned out to be like 
a comically bad choice. <laughs> well, because you, I think that you actually knocked the Pro Tour on its side, on its side, right? Like people were probably like all just mono bands in their brains before the before that you just you effortlessly won the open with like this retro deck that had anti-spell-queller technology of just having an insane number of five-casting-cost spells. can't believe I'm saying that out loud. It's funny, because... And then, like, people are like, oh, I guess that's the right strategy. Well, Levy messaged me before the Pro Tour, and he's like, I'm thinking of playing green-white. Like, how was your list? And I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know how good you are against, like, cards like Elder Deep Fiend or any new decks. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm th- I think I might play it or black-white. And he ended up playing black-white. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. It would be interesting to see, because... I still think green-white was great for a specific metagame. You just can't beat Emrakul. It's very hard. And, and even during the Pro Tour, I'm thinking, I'm like, if I, I, I really love green-white. Is there a way I can play it still? And the card I thought of was Sigarda, Host of Herons, because it gives you Hexproof. So they can cast Emrakul, and you're like, all right, fine. It's just a big guy. So that you just got to, what do you get up, like turn. four... Cigardas in your deck because you got to have the cigarda before they have. The I understand. Yeah, so <laughs> so you can't have like these just <laughs> Listen, poor dog shit. There's a lot of holes in that strategy, but it is a card I thought of, and I'm like, is there a way I could do it? But the problem is, it's just one. You need to have it in play. Two, you need like a Gideon emblem so it doesn't die to <laughs> the rat, like the Kozlex or something. So it's just it's really hard for a non-blue deck and well, a non-black deck to beat Emrakul. Try to think of like decks. I was like maybe like blue red. Beatdown burn or whatever. Well, but, that's what Pedro Cavallo played. Yeah, Everyone was talking about that deck. But isn't it like super bad against these like decks that so effortlessly get Kozilex for turn online? Like they, it's know. just he plays all spells. He plays like the only creatures he plays are like Thing and Ice. He plays a couple copies of Jace, and he plays the Pinger, the the O three guy that untaps whenever you play a spell or an instant or sorcery. So he basically turns all his three damage spells into four damage spells, and he just tries to burn it out with like fevered visions and. Fever visions is gas against these decks. Do you think? It, I mean, why not just like the version that has like twelve two one flyers and then like you know. Because Kozlex is true. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just terrible. <laughs> but if you get like eight damage in, I think it's okay. Like they can just Kozlex return you, and then you have your Gold Knight Castigator that gets in for four. He's definitely dead though. Like all these guys are just dead. They're dead. Yeah. Like, maybe if you had a deck that was just, like, Goblin Dark Dwellers, and then they had that, like, collective... Is it Collective Brutality? Is that the red, red one? Collective... Uh, I think it's Collective Revelry. Two red and a colorless. Four damage to a creature, three damage to a player. And then Wheel of Fortune. And Wheel of Fortune, yeah. yeah. That's one guy played in the top eight. Yeah, Ken Yuka Hero mm-hmm. played it. But I think if you played, like, that card and Exquisite Firecraft... Like, this is what I don't understand. Two different red green decks with ramp make the top eight. Reed's deck has like not even like twenty one land or something like twenty two. Twenty two, twenty two land. But has two drown yards, but no like magmatic insight or anything. Kenyuka Hero has this collective whatever card, and tormenting voice and no drown yards. Like yeah. that. This is like wires crossed, man. Like, don't you think drown yard would be awesome in his deck? When I saw that top eight, a lot of it just seemed like guys built their deck the night or two before. Like, it felt like they spent the next, the, the the weeks before drafting a lot, and then the last week they had a bunch of ideas, but they couldn't really refine anything. So they put together their best foot forward. Like Reed's list, I don't think Reed's deck had a great win percentage. I know Antonino played it. He played it. He really. Well, how do you? I think he made top eight because of his drafting. How do, well, Antonino is very close to top eight also. Yeah. So, but he I, think, I think a lot of them, I think they did really well in draft. I can't say for certain, but I think their deck, again, I think it's just a little flawed where if you don't, they're just so all in on Emrakul. You know, well, I don't Reed think said he played it really, because it was the most consistent producer of Emrakuls. I, I just think you can come up with a better version. I, I, it's hard for me to believe that a black-green deck all-in on Emrakul wouldn't be the best because you have the best Planeswalker. Like, black-green can give you all the cards you need to get it reduced by seven, by, by six, you know? It's, it's hard So who, to who do are you that. saying the best Planeswalker is, Liliana? Liliana, it's because it's, it's, it's very cheap. Yeah. It helps you get an Emrakul if you mill one, and you can just get, your, get into the graveyard if you cast While gaining value. Even. While gaining value off of it. Because if you look at Reed's deck... 
he, he can get almost every card type into his graveyard except for Planeswalker. I think he has like maybe one Chandra. I don't even know if he does. I though. think he has two. Owen had one, I think. But that's Chandra's not the best card. And Liliana's great. Lili- on its own, turn three Liliana I, I, can just win you a game. So you, you play all the green cards that, that you want. Then you just play black. And you can still jam four Coastal Extra Turn in there. Who cares? You don't have to cast it. <laughs> you know? So if you, it, I, it's hard for me to believe that he said that's the... You could still play Nissus Pilgrimage, too. Can, can, can I, it's can hard think? for me to believe that the best... And, and Languish is also really good in that deck, too, because it helps you. It's good against Banth, and it's good against the White Weenie decks that are good against you. So, I think so it's hard for me to believe his best Emrakul deck was not a black-green like Black-green deck could just be like first turn Deadweight, second turn Grimflare, third turn Liliana. You don't even have to go into the expensive cards in Emrakul. That first three turns beats most of the yeah, format. It's like basically... Grimflare or Liliana, don't even draw any more cards. You're going to murder them. Yeah, it's basically Party's deck, but with more Emrakuls. Like, Party's deck was basically, I'm going to play a green-black Delirium deck, and I'll have one Emrakul that I can draw in the late game or traverse for but if you really want to be an Emrakul, and he didn't have Vessel in his deck either, which I think, it, I don't think he was trying to be an Emrakul deck, but if you wanted to be a true Emrakul no, deck, I think Black Green probably has to be there. Okay, okay, first of all, Grimflare is the nuts, right? That guy is an unreal magic card. It's, in some matchups, in some matchups, not very good. Well, he's like a, what matchup is he not good in? Like, against Banth, he's okay. He just gets like reflector mages, right? Well, I mean... I mean, I guess... And Banth's like, still a big deck, you know? Yeah, but you, and, and, they reflect your major, you languish them. It's like, it's not... Well, that's the thing. That's the only awkward thing about Grimflayer, is that if you're playing that type of strategy, you probably want language. He even had three languages. He, he was an all an Emrakul deck. He had three languages. Grimflayer's and language are kind of awkward together. So that's just a little bit... I mean, you're, you're I talking to someone whose like, first big deck was... Like twelve white weenies and Wrath of God X four <laughs> and Nevenrol's disc. Yeah, <laughs> well, you gotta play Nevenrol's disc. Yeah, and your it's white weenie, obviously. It's too good. Couldn't lose. You know, who I lost to John Finkel. I lost three. I, that was that was a, there was a PTQ that I only lost three games. Two of them were to John Finkel playing for the slot. I, and then he won. Then he he got a ratings invite in the mail the next week. <laughs> I really wish. The rest of the world got to experience teenage John Finkel. Like, growing up in New Jersey like and the New York area and playing against, like, the chubbier Finkel with the, with the, <laughs> the a highlighted afro. Like, he was so... I remember, still, one of my first... My earliest memory of John Finkel was I was playing in a local car store in New Jersey, and I didn't really know anything about the Pro Tour, and this kid walks into the store, to the back of the store throws a box of Homelands that's just open on the table, and he goes, worst set ever. And then he walks out, and I'd never seen anything like that before. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's John Finkel. And I'm like, who is that guy? And then I started learning more about him and the Pro Tour and stuff, and I became, like, just amazed at everything. But I wish people got to experience that thing. <laughs> well, there was a video of that came up recently. It was just, like, all these eras of, oh, wait, I... I'm being a moron. I narrated this video. <laughs> yeah, it came out on uh, Gathering Magic maybe two okay. or three weeks ago. And it's just like all these different eras of John Pickle. And and um, if you read the YouTube comments or whatever, Evan Irwin wrote it, but it's all like archival footage. And I'm I'm just like, John Pickle made his first top eight and blah, 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 right? And people are like, wow, he really has changed his look in the last 20 years. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, t- teenage John. <laughs> teenage John. The, the fat, blue-haired Afro. Uh, I remember I was at a PTQ, and it was like him. I think you were there, Pakula, and you're all around the table. And Pakula and Finko are like playtesting. Everyone's watching. And yeah. you're making fun of Chris. John's making fun of Chris. And Chris is just like getting angry. And it was... I really wish people experienced those like Ford Edison tournaments. Where I played in like all of them. They had like a- after you crapped out of the tournament, you could play in a grand melee. They had a grand <laughs> melee, and for those of you who are new to Magic and didn't know what a grand melee was, it, they literally set up a giant table, at, like a, a square, a square, and there were maybe like fifty people around the table, and you basically played a game of Magic, but you could only interact with the people two to your right or two to your left. <laughs> And then if you can get rid of those people, then obviously your radius expanded. 
and whoever finished the game. But you saw the most ridiculous things happen during Grand Melee. Like, I saw a guy have, like, 300 Goblin Warren tokens. There's a Chains of Mephistopheles lock on the other side of the table. And you'd make deals with people, like, don't kill me, we'll kill the other guy. It was, it's basically a giant game of Commander. Um, and this is a sanctioned tournament. For like a thousand dollars. For like a thousand dollars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a great runner-up if you didn't do well in the PTQ. Um, <laughs> so you have a you have a a preliminary pro tour qualifier this weekend. I'm playing modern on Sunday. Yeah. Is it the one? Is I've heard a rumor. Is this A Shock and Philly making this one? They're playing the one on Saturday. I can't play the Saturday one, and I'm playing on Sunday, and they can't make the Sunday one, so it kind of works out. But are A Shock and Philly like making the tournament? What's going on? They're playing in it. It's no, there's it's it's some there's two New Jersey tournaments, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. I was talking to Ashok and he said, Oh, we're I'm playing in a modern one K this weekend. I'm like, Oh, in one K. Yeah, and he's like, You can't play and I'm like, What do you mean you can't play? He's like, It's a PPTQ. I'm like, How do you have a one K that's a PPTQ? Oh, maybe it's a huge cash prize. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, didn't hear about that. I think it's a PP he's like, Yeah, he's like, you can't play. So I'm like Wow. So PPTQ but it's also a one K, so they're they're probably gonna get a big draw. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know about that. But that makes sense. They I I've been to PPTQs. Or I've heard of them where they do stuff like that. They'll, where, they'll, they'll tack on a huge prize. Where's Ashok live? Ashok lives probably like twenty five minutes north of here. Because he said like his uh the 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 um the WMCQ uh, that's next month is at his home store. It's it's you know Toy Wiz, right? I've never been there. Yeah, it's in Boz used to wear these yeah. like Toy Wiz. It's in Nanua. It's near. It's it's technically New York, but it's very close to New Jersey. It's it's close to where Ashok lives. Okay, but it's only like forty minutes from here. Is it like is it gas there? It's so nice. it's not like a sleepover. It's like a go that morning or is it? Yeah, you can go that morning. Although I think they use for big tournaments. They usually do it at the mall that's nearby. Yeah. So it's a huge venue. I think I'd rather do sleep. I don't want to deal with it. You get up like it's four. not that far. It's like a forty minute drive, but yeah. it's not that bad. But that's a big tournament. You want to qualify for that one. You get the team with Owen. It's like a guaranteed. This win. guaranteed world slot, right? Guaranteed. Is it, world if slot. it's Owen and Seth, is it Owen and Seth? No. Oh, it's not I, Seth. It I was supposed it was to Owen be Seth to... because Seth was supposed to be the champion, but now Owen's the champion. Yeah. So the guy who came in second to Owen at the WMCQ, he ends up qualifying for Worlds now. Oh, that's. Beautiful. Can you imagine? Can you imagine losing the finals, being heartbroken? But you happen to lose the one guy who ended up winning. The greatest player in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he needed to top eight, too, or maybe just top 16 to do it. That guy must have been rail burning so hard. I would have been <laughs> I would have been rooting for Owen so hard to make top eight. You're not on the pickle list, are you? No. Oh, the mailing list? Yeah. I'm on the movie club list. Uh, the, 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 the other mailing list yeah. is the, the storied ancient mailing list. Right? Yeah. So, um, but I get home, whatever, and it's just already there's like a, congrats to Mike, blah blah blah, won the PPTQ, right? So John's had the best response ever. He's just like, shit, even Owen only came in second today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, second place sucks when you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you become Player of the Year, and you can't cap off the weekend with a win. That's I can't imagine <laughs> a historical unhappy. weekend. It's already a historical week. The, only, the most historical weekend would have been if Paul Rietzel won that Grand Prix and Pro Tour the same same day. That would have been insane. That would have been the best. I remember thinking that was the coolest thing. I didn't think it would be possible. But to top eight, to, to, I think it was undefeated, right? Yeah, but he couldn't play in both yeah, top eights. Right? That was amazing. They should have changed the rule. Yeah, just for like viewership alone, it would have been such a cool story. I don't know why you wouldn't just let it happen. It's like you, like that guy Jason Mercier who was playing as many poker events as he can they're running like it's a huge great story you know why wouldn't you have uh, Magic Boy do it too but maybe in Vegas they'll let something like that happen since there's going to be technically in Vegas you could win three Grand Prix you could win two Grand Prix you can't two yeah the, the if you play the, you one. can win the first one and the third one you, yeah. if you win the first one the second one is is starting while you're winning the first one so you can't if you win the first one you can win the third one you how much would you bet on yourself, and what kind of odds would you get to win the third one too? I wouldn't bet. It's an eight thousand person tournament. But what, what if somebody gave you odds? They're like, I bet I can win. If they gave me like eight thousand to one, yeah, I would bet. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like I just, 
I feel like a lot of pros, like a hundred to one. I would. I take feel like a lot of pros are going to try to win two in a row. To, okay. And yes. Gonna like, Everyone to do to win who two does in one weekend. The first one is going <laughs> to try to win two that weekend. I, I agree. Just, I just feel like you, the second I, one is a suckers tournament. So if you win the second, you can't. You can't win. That's the one I'll play. I think I'm playing. Yeah. No one will play in that well, one with me. That weekend's the weekend before my wedding. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it'd be great if my bachelor party could just be in Vegas that weekend. And I'm talking to my fiance, and I was I, I mentioned on our mailing list, and everybody got super excited. And then my fiance was like, I don't know, weekend before the wedding, that's cutting it close. I don't know what's good, we're, if we're needed to do things still. So now we're like basically. Did you punch her? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, Take I, this. I and I understood that. I'm like, all right, well that's that kind of sucks. But now she's like reverse. She's going backwards through her schedule to figure out can we get everything done ahead of time to see if I could still do it. So there's still a chance I might be able to go that weekend. Um, that would be a good story. I know. Win a Grand Prix. Get back on the pro tour, and then just 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 just, <laughs> just in time, time to become shackled to the inability to do anything ever again. <laughs> yeah, never played another magic event. So I I used to tell the story. Of the I was like literally on like the high of highs of like my I mean, humbly speaking of my magic career, mm-hmm. right? Like um, then Clark got born like the next week. Like I just <laughs> I got won a PP I won a PTQ. One states qualified for this. I was just like on fire. I was just like, oh man, I'm super good at these local terms, you know. And then yeah. oh, I'm probably gonna. Be- and then Clark was born, and then I just never played again for like <laughs> ten years. But I just I start. I mean, I played just like in some invitationals or whatever. And then I started playing PPTQs last year because I didn't play any PTQs. There's so much traveling required. There are yeah. no PTQs in New York. Back in the day when I used to be qualified for the Pro Tour, you know, at least one or two times a year, it's because there were. Four PTQs in New York per season. I could play in some. I definitely were felt none. like there's fewer PPTQs, but I know that's just my perception. Like, I know that there has to be more because, like, the system is... Honestly, I think there's enough PPTQs that if you want to win one, you can win one. Yeah. Like, it's... It's hard, though. Like, honestly, it's, there's just... It's, it's hard to find like you're every much better than I am, and I have not found any difficulty. It's, no, it's, it's more about, like, like, just attending them. Like, it's hard for, yeah, it's I, hard I for me to attend I attended them until I, I won one. Yeah. This time it took me two tries. Last time it took me, like, three tries, right? It was... It's, and I, I like, haven't played in an RPTQ. I've heard they're really soft compared to, like... The RPTQ that I, I won <laughs> was easier than the PPTQ that I won. In well, that was opinion. in Utah, right? I'm going to Utah again. Are you really? Oh, yeah, I already locked it. I, I mean, I had to clear it with the wife. Yeah, this is kind of expensive to play to people. I know. Are you, I did you, it last time, come though. Come on. But I, I, oh, man. Are you kidding? I think these are easy, too, though. Aaron Murinaka was like, bunk at my house this time. No oh, problem. Right. Didn't Bakula do that? And now me and, Well, he went with me. We went. I stayed with Jack. And uh, Pakula stayed in a hotel. I don't know. It was like, Jack was so awesome. He picked me up at the airport. Mm-hmm. Took me to his house, like we, you know, hung out, played some magic. He destroyed me in playtesting all afternoon, Friday afternoon. Just like, don't play that crappy deck. And I'm like, no, I'm going to play it. And then we went to like FNM, and I just like wanted to look around, two people would play the next day. We were out there playing their decks. Like, Jack's like, that guy's qualified, that guy's qualified, that guy's qualified. You know, like, right, I just wrote down all their decks. <laughs> it, could be, it could be fairly awkward. It could have been awkward if you flew all the way to Utah. And lost with a five-color dragon's deck. I lost the first round. <laughs> it's a gamble. Let me tell you, I lost the first round, and I was thinking to myself, "What did I do?" Yeah. Right? And then I, you know, I won the next five or whatever. I don't know. I think you could easily win one of the local RPTQs. But it's gonna be. It's not about whether I can win it. I think, like, you know, I, Scott McCord taught me this. Right? There are good players in in both the PPTQs I played this week, and because a, mem- a member of the Uruguayan national team is actually playing in the one on Saturday, right? So. He'll be playing in the World Magic Cup, right? I'm not. Yeah, you're yeah, not. Or not good. yet, anyway, right? Yeah. When it, we, one of us could be, right? But he's, he'll be playing the World Magic Cup, right? Yeah. Tons of people in the who have played in a pro tour, right? I mean, I, any tournament that I enter, there, 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 there's a I, I think I was probably the best player in both the tournaments that I played in, but mm-hmm. I have to believe that I can win the tournament. I've won multiple tournaments that John Finkel had played in, right? Like... John Finkel was also a participant in many PTQs that I won in the 90s, right? Like, he's, he went to every tournament, right? So if I won one, he was in the same room with me. Yeah. You know? like, think about it like that. 
Like, was I better than most of the players who I beat in Vancouver? Probably not, right? But on that day, I was I had good preparation. I had excellent limited preparation. But that's even more of an excuse to stay here, then. Because you're, you know, you. It, what's the point of being the best player in Utah? The point is to get the envelope, you're win, though. There's you, no you've guarantee. Won tor- you've won tournaments where you weren't the best player, so... Yeah, but I want to maximize my likelihood, right? I know, but I don't know. I don't know how much the, the, you're gaining. No, the problem is the number of players can scale up and the number of slots doesn't scale up. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, I, that I'm trying to control for. If I play in Utah and I'm like maximum six-round Swiss and there's four slots, that's a very different tournament than maximum nine-round Swiss and there's four slots. There's still only four slots to yeah. nine rounds? Oh, that sucks. That's the... What if it's eight rounds? Whatever. Yeah. Eight rounds, and my last two rounds are against Christian Calcano and Jamie Park. Yeah. That's a realistic situation in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay? Like, uh, that makes sense. Right? Get, you know who's going to be playing this tournament? Gabe Carlton Barnes will be in that tournament, right? I On a day, I could beat any of those players, I think, right? You know? But, I mean... If you have the resources, you really want to tempt the draft. I could, I could not only shave off three rounds, but I shave off three rounds where I played against Christian Calcano, Jamie Park, and and, yeah. uh, and Gabe Carlton Barnes or something. No, right? that makes that, sense. that I, is, if you, I guess if you have the resources, you might as well. So I mean, wow, my wife might just be like, "No, that seems like a really you're stupid idea." Either. You're going. You did it once. You're going to toy. I feel like she set the precedent. Once you go, yeah. you can't say, "Oh, I did it before." That's it. <laughs> She was like, she's actually been really, really supportive of me. Um, you know, I, I think it's different. Like when we were when I we were younger and married, like I just always wanted to play magic like every weekend. And she was just like, I just want to spend time with you. Or you yeah. want to spend time with you, me and with our families. I just want to play magic. Though. But then you know, for the last several years, I hadn't played very much, right? You know, so you know now I'm just like, hey, can I play some? And the kids kind of have their own lives. That's the thing. Well, I feel so, like your kids are old enough yeah. where you don't need to be hovering over them. Like, when they're two or three, it's a different story. They're old enough now where they probably don't even want to hang out with you sometimes. They like me. We read comics together. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Not all the time. No. They're cool. Yeah. So they don't want to hang out with me that much. <laughs> Uh, so you're gonna, what are you going to play in, in your PPTQ? Infect? Infect, yeah. Infect is a very good deck. It's solid. But it's not it's not flexible to get out of problems, I think. Only, only Tom Ross gets out of problem situations with Infect. I, I think that that's true. I also think that you have so many great matchups, though, that I'm willing to take that risk. And, what, I, and I'd rather just... It's just such a powerful deck, and it has so many great matchups that I just want to say... Let me just get good with this deck, and then if I play against, like, Grixis or John, where it's, like, a problematic situation, I'll at least try to figure out, can I get out of it? What are the great matchups of Infect? Like, Tron is great. Infect is pretty good. Infect Mirror is good? Uh, I'm sorry, Affinity. Affinity. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. No. Like, you're good against decks that show up in mass. So, like, you're good against Tron. You're good against um, the, the... the deck that Cedric won a PTQ with. Um, he plays non-Tron. I thought he always played Tron. No, he played uh, Boggles. You're good against Boggles. You're good against Infect. Um, you're good against like mid-rangey control decks. So, like you're good against Jeskai. I feel like. I feel like there are almost. You must be amazing against Soul Sisters, right? Oh yeah, they can do it. <laughs> right. So like you're you're not gonna lose to random janky strategies. Like, I feel like Burn is just the best deck that you could play because everyone in the format starts at between 14 and 17 life, and your cards all do four. Like, you don't even need a second hit from your creature. They're dead. You just... any, Any five spells kills people for the most part in the format. And, like, you just have just unending great matchups. Like, every matchup is great. Like... Literally, like, I played against multiple, like, Abzan and Jund opponents for his two years, just, like, third turn Liliana. They start, like, they kill my guy in play, and they start making me discard, and I just keep braining them, and they're like, oh, you want to kill my Liliana? I'm like, no, take four. Take four, take four, you're dead. I mean, that's, like, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons I like Burn a lot, is because you're good against decks that I just hate playing against. I hate Jund, I hate Abzan, and Burn is typically pretty good against them. But if those decks want to beat you, they're going to beat you. You know what I mean? They get, they're, if, they, if they're packing 
kitchen things ooze. Like, you're saying that it's hard for infect to overcome hate. You could say the same thing about burn. Like, there are some burn, burn draw, some jun draws that it's just difficult for you to contend with sometimes. Now, I, I admit that that's, you're going to be favored most of the time. That's true. I just hate, I feel so anemic when I play burn, and they're just like kitchen things, and then they're like ooze. There's just, I, I just yeah, don't I, like burns sometimes. It just feels like, I don't know. I, I think like that you, you, could, you could still lose to the matchups. that you, it, It's harder for Infect to lose to the matchups that it's good against than it is for Burn, I guess. But, like, a lot of the times I'm just playing against people, they have, like, Kitchen Finks or whatever, and you just, like, have a Tarkus Command and Skullcrack. And they're, like, they, they're, they're a turn-off. Your thing's two. Their thing's three. It's just, like, miserable I've for them. I've also like, seen uh, games where they're on the play, and they're, like, turn one, Black Leaf, Cliffs, Inquisition you. Turn to abrupt decay your guy. Turn three finks, and you don't have any either. Have to play a guy, or you leave man up. Either way, it's not great. The game's. I, I mean, I, I understand. It's not a, I, obviously you're favored. I'm just saying that my matchup against Tron for Infect, I'm less likely to lose to that than you are to your good matchups. Well, so I would say I totally have respect for these decks because sometimes they just draw three Tarmogoyfs. Yeah. And that's hard to race. Or <laughs> Drinos, like some yeah, random yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, stupid card that shouldn't be good in Yeah, modern. but they're just like, they're just like, tar- you know, they're on the play, they go second to Tarmogoyf, you have like guys and are like, oh, it's, can't yeah. even attack ever. And then they're like, alright, attack you. are like, okay, well, you must have a Tarmogoyf then. Yeah. Second Tarmogoyf and you're just like, alright, I'm just completely going to get raced here. Like, and you start doing the math, like, what can I possibly do? Because those guys are going to attack me for eight next turn, and he's going to cast, like, a yeah. Siege Rhino or something. I mean, Infect Burn are very similar in terms of, like, we both have good matchups against Tron, pretty much. Mine's a little bit better. We both have good matchups against, like, Scape Shift. But I, I just think your don't... Scape Shift matchup's much better than mine. Well, that's the thing. I, 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 whereas, like, when I say I have a good matchup, I'm, like, 80%. Yeah. You're, like, 65%, maybe. And there's certain matchups like Boggles or Soul Sisters where you're like, um... <laughs> I've never played against Soul Sisters, and I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. And again, those aren't... Those are more fringe decks than anything else, so you don't have to really worry that much. Well, Boggles is a real deck. Reed played it in, like, Boggles, the one Boggles year. is a real deck, but I still don't think you're going to see people playing it as much as, like, Grix... Top decks are always going to be Grixis, Jund... Um, some sort of Malira, uh, some sort of Abzan company deck. Um, I, I, I think you're probably going to see Scape Shift even more than you would. I played it, I mean, Bottles, I tested you know. against Scape Shift a little. I did not find it to be an impressive opponent. You know? Yeah, it's. You can lose sometimes, but like they're just slower than other combo decks. Yeah, that's just. I. Scape Shift is just a weird deck. I don't, I don't understand the well, appeal of it. you spend all this time getting, like, your three islands in place so that you can cast Cryptic Command only to destroy them all? Yeah. It seems really, <laughs> really strange to me. Any deck that plays Cryptic Command is not really something I want to be doing in Modern. I'm just like, all right. Really? I, I, fun. I very, very close to playing Blue Moon Then before I realized I owned all these, all these Jund cards. Not Jund, sorry. Uh, burn cards. You don't like you don't like Blue Moon. Blue Moon's fine, but I just think you need. I don't want to play a deck where I need to get the right matchups. You know what I mean? I'd rather just play a powerful deck. I don't think Blue Moon's necessarily a powerful deck. It's just it's just a it's a kind of a narrow deck that can get the right matchups and do well. But it's like hard, bolt, it's hard, it's, I, I I don't think I've seen a Blue Moon deck win a tournament yet. You're like let me put it that way. Bolt leap. You're like bolt mana leap. Blood Moon. Just you're just golden against like a lot of opponents. No. Not if they're prepared. Again, you need a lot of things to go... If you're going to win a tournament of Blue Moon, you need a lot of things to go right. You need the right matchups, and you need to be known... You, be, you need no one to be prepared for Blood Moon. And in all my years playing Magic, I rarely find... <laughs> if Blood Moon is legal in the format, people have at least considered it and have ba- enough basics in their deck to kind of cap Or they're out. playing... Like, I mean, if somebody Blood Moon me, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not casting Boros Charm this game, but yeah, the rest of my deck's pretty I, much online. I just... You know, I... How often does the Blood Moon strategy really work out for you? Sometimes it does, but why would you why would you want to play a deck in a tournament where you need all these things to go right? I'd rather just play a powerful deck where I can just overrun my opponents. It has powerful cards. Thing in the Ice seems like a good card. No? Uh, I don't know. Against the deck like Infinity? Like, you really want to go turn two? And then, like, everyone's, people play, like, Twisted Image. I don't know. I I would be, I would love it if somebody played Thing and I. If somebody would turn two Thing and I against me, I would love it. This, uh, this guy named Dennis Sow uh, played in the tournament. So, yeah, I think he probably, he lives in Queens. I think he lives up by the other Monastery. 
he came down to the Manhattan location to play, obviously, with the rest of us. This guy's been beating me for 20 years. Even, the, even like, the day that I uh, qualified with Napster, he, like, took a game off of me with Rebels, right? Really? Yeah, with Rebels, right? Like, uh, and so this, this guy's, like, invincible. So he sneaks into the top eight with two losses, and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to be first seed. Like, <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. But then I was second seed. And the first seed was uh, was uh, Angel's Grace deck, and he was Dennis Sow was playing uh, was playing like green white Eldrazi, which probably would have destroyed me. He had Burton Forge Tender, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, might as well Burton Forge Tender, right? I was sitting there, I was like, oh my god, that's a good deck too, Eldrazi. Yeah, it's any Eldrazi variation. Yeah, he was just like all five fives in play. Oh, I used to I used to love me a birth in <laughs> Well, I remember you top eight of that open in Philadelphia with, uh, with the, like Red White yeah, the Johnny uh, Ranger Vios deck, yeah. right? But so, man, he was he was he was eight seed but I was I was second seed not first seed. But the big problem was oh shoot, can I beat the Angel's Grace deck that beat him, right? So I win my top four <laughs> match real quick. And oh, like Ad Nauseam Angel's yeah. Grace? Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't even know how... I mean, I'd heard of the deck only because of uh, Jared Betcher played it at Worlds yeah. once. I'm like, I, I never understood what it did. So I looked up, it's like, a, an old Melissa DeTora article. And I'm like, listen, I don't know what any of the cards... I, I To this day, I can't... You know, I, I don't even know how it wins. Right? <laughs> like, burn them out. He's just like, I'm going to burn. That's another good reason to play burn. Right? Like, like, I you don't I care what the deck does. So he's playing... It's a burn deck in the top... In the other side of the top four. Right? But so... Um, yeah, I'd beaten this burn player earlier in the in the Swiss. I beat him to make top eight, and he just gets the gemstone mine, gemstone mine, um, uh, pris- prismatic prism, uh, pentad prism draw, mm-hmm. and then G- goblin guide never reveals a land the entire game. So his only mana sources are one, one gorilla, uh, you know the simian spirit guide, mm-hmm. two gemstone mines, and a. Pen- and it's just sad. Like he's just sitting there, and he just at some point just like lose my land, Angel's Grace. <laughs> lose my other hand, Angel's Grace. Right? Like blow up, like discard my my gorilla and take all my counters off my Pentad Prism to cast like Phyrexian Unlife, just to like not die. The bo- and the Goblin guy, ne- and he can't. And the other guy's not killing him because he keeps like having Angel's Graces yeah. and like, you know. All this kind of like switch it to infect stuff. The goblin guy never reveals land. I'm sitting here. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, even if he gets a land at this point, it was like it's it's not you know because he sets it up eventually so he can do ten in one swing. Yeah. And then I just uh, I had offered him the I offered him a box for the win, and then um, he said no. And I was just like, all right, well, at least I have play right. And then he just I have a terrible draw. And he just, like, discards his hand and then casts, uh, what's that guy? He's, like, red, red, four, three, four prowess, discard your hand, draw three cards. Bedlam Reveler? Bedlam Revels me. I have nothing. So I just, like, I'm just, like, What the in math. the world? And then, like, wow. he's seen my hand, though, because he has a Gitaxian probe deck, right? Because yeah. just to get sorcery of red, Bedlam Reveler. And then, like, I just went on one. Like, he just doesn't draw a burn spell. He just draws guys. So I just draw. I just play like absolutely perfect to keep one. Like I just don't break my land until I have to. Like the last, like, you know, yeah. the last turn. And I'm just like I just have to draw a deal three. Like it's like so I'm like end of your turn. Boros charm you. I'm just like I have to draw a deal three, and I just do a deal three. And the judge there is just like first game up. He's like it's like Matt went. I'm like nope, I won. He's just like what? <laughs> and then um, but like. So my, my sideboard was just so super prepared for Burn Mirror. Mm-hmm. I had like three. Would Reveler have been good in your deck? I have no idea. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good. He sided it out against me. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the. Well, the Mirror, it's probably not good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 3 4 for 2 mana. Like, his deck was like way, way more cheap burn cards yeah. to get. So he had Gitaxian Pro. Was it like the Death Shadow deck? No. Did he played Death Shadow? Okay. He had uh, like. He had like burst lightning, for example, which I really? know. Well, he's like all the one casting cost uh, cards, right? For prowess, he's like more prowess guys than me, obviously. But he just wants to get every single card in his graveyard, so he can cast the bedlam reveler quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, um, he thought he had a huge advantage uh, when we we played for fun. Actually, was he just blue red? No, he was. Um, I guess he was blue red. Yeah, okay, because uh, of Gitaxian Pro, but not. Did he play Thoughtscour? No. 
Just attacks. I would snap like thoughts got right there. I told him the same thing. I, I have no. Like, I what like. <laughs> seems awesome. What right? deck is better? If you're playing Bedlam Revelers. Yeah. So um, it was like, because he thought that I would take too much. It's like if we're basically playing a, a symmetrical match, but I. But like, you take more of your own damage. Yeah, my own yeah. damage. But like, I don't know. I'm like very careful with my lands. <laughs> like uh. Well, you. The thing about the burn deck is. You're going to take a lot of damage, like, turn one, maybe turn two, but after that, you don't need to put your lands on tap, right? You just, well, I mean, you just don't even play your lands. Yeah. It's like against Jund, I hold my lands. Like, they're going to just try to destroy my You just my really need two mana to operate. I mean, it, it's, it depends. Like, a lot of the games are determined by if you can cast two things per turn. It doesn't even matter if both things are good, right? Yeah. Like, one thing could just be, like, leaving a Bloodstained Mire up so you can potentially activate a Grim Lava Mancer. But, like, if you can't forward your board position, then the problem is the opponent generates material. Yeah. So, like, I, when I lost to an Infect deck the previous day, he was just like, I don't even know how I, how I beat you. I'm like, well, this man is screwed, right? Like, yeah. I'm just like, I have two lands. I could cast all my cards. But, like, I have, like, a Grim Lava Mancer that should be abusing him, right? You know, because his guys are all small. And then, like, I just have to keep leaving up mana for for deflecting palm every turn. Yeah. If I ever don't do that, he'll kill me. That's right? the problem. You always need to leave mana up against that deck. Yeah, so if I just had... All I need is a third land, and I just would have destroyed him, mm -hmm. right? Like, but I just couldn't. I just always had to leave up deflecting palm. At some point, I'm just like, I'm going to end up having to discard because I'm not going to play any any cards if I don't draw a land. So just deflecting palm him for two, right? Which is... And he just drew all kitchen things. It was, like, hilarious. He just, like, yeah. like one invisible stalker. What's his name? The Blighted Agent, right? Yeah. And, like, all kitchen things that aren't attacking. Right? I, I thought, like, maybe because I got him with a palm for six early in the game. Because yeah. he just wasn't expecting it. He's just, like, all in kill you. And I'm, like, six you. And he's just, like, oh, shoot. I have to, he has to now not play yeah. aggressive in case I have um, He And you still lost after palming him for six? I palmed him for another two. He drew like a bunch of kitchen things. I couldn't. I never played a third land, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was literally like, a, uh, and he had a spell skite. So the spell uh, skite was like super annoying, right? So like, I have like basically a grim lava mancer cast a couple of deflecting palms and like just never had an open burn spell. I I think maybe if I just like gambled and played an eidolon and hoped he didn't kill me the next turn, then like maybe I would have won that game because like. I didn't actually do the math. I'm like, if I play an Eidolon, can, like, can he try to all-in me? Mm -hmm. But he had, like, a Hierarch already, which is why his guy was dealing, too. Like, if he drew a Pendlehaven, I was probably toast, right? Like, that's the... Yeah, that's the yeah, really yeah. annoying card. It's, uh, but anyway, I thought the Burn deck was awesome, and I thought Owen's deck was awesome. I thought, sorry that you hated Owen's deck. So I didn't hate Owen's deck. I just thought that it seemed... You know, turn three Liliana seems problematic for that deck. Really? Why? Because you could just kill all their emerge enablers. And if they don't have emerge enablers, then the deck seems a lot clunkier. And it's harder, you know, it's not like they're getting to Emrakul that fast. They need to sometimes get that Deep Fiend into play in order to buy them time. So a deck like Sam Party's deck, I thought would have been, I thought it would have had a good matchup particularly after board, because he brings in all the transgresses and everything. And, you know, Owen doesn't really have a backup plan. You know? It's at, at he, has point, a back, he has, like, Elder Deep... I guess his games all go to Emrakul eventually, right? Eventually, He yeah. uses Elder Deep Fiend as a bridge, not as, a, as an endgame. And like, he uh, has those... Like Brown does. He has those gnarled little dryads in this deck, too, which are also... Which Party doesn't like, have. I thought that's, like, one of the best cards in Delirium. Well, he plays Languish. I, Owen, Owen plays... Uh, uh, Kozilek's return. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't think any of the decks were, like, greatly tuned. I thought they basically put their best foot forward, and they got there. But if you look at it, the, the best tuned decks were probably banned, and even the banned decks weren't prepared for Emrakul. So, I don't know. I, it's, I, I, I just think you're going to see much better versions of all these decks. Like, for instance, the Soul-type version of Emerge... That's a really cool version of Emerge. I mean, you basically have... You you only care about Deep Fiend. If you want to cast Emrakul, you can. But you have a lot of cool guys that you can get back from your graveyard to make sure that you can get your Emerge guys going. You know what I mean? Oh, like uh, Prized Amalgam. Haunted Den and Prized Amalgam. Those cards both don't die to Liliana, 
and you can put them into play at the end of your opponent's turn. In full and Darren if you have both of them in your graveyard, you could basically ensure yourself of having at least one guy that you could emerge on your following turn. I mean, if you set them up early, you just have, like, a discard enabler. You just have Bull Darren Pariah also. You always have fuel to deal with their Emrakul. That'd be pretty cool. I think that, that deck, I'm going to be interested to see how people evolve that deck over time. Because it's just so many cool graveyard interactions. Like, people play Praise the Prize Amalgam in Modern, you know? And now you have this way of, like, sacking it to emerge guys, but you could also sack it to Pariah. I mean... Does that deck play, um, Coiling, Coiling, or not Coiling Oracle, what's his name? The Wild Mongrel? Yeah, they play, I, I've seen lists that play the Wild Mongrel, um, and Jace. So, so those cards actually make you good against Spirits and, uh, and White Weenie, too. And he plays Coastline for turn, too. He still plays Coastline for because he's a, he, he, he basically just doesn't care about cards like Emrakul, there's, there's like two versions of these Delirium decks. You have the ones that just care about getting Deep Fiends, chaining Deep Fiends, and then you have the versions that care about kind of having Deep Fiend and Ishikawa to kind of bridge you to Emrakul. I'm not sure which is better, but... You didn't play the Deep Big Spider, Fiend did you? seems really good. I didn't play the Spider, no. See, I don't know if people think it's so good. It just seems like a card to me. It's a good way to bridge your way to Emrakul. Like... I think if you're trying to be an Emerald deck, it makes Patrick sense. loves that card. But all the people who love this card don't, can't even have black mana to drain people. Just playing a blue-green deck. Because my Siege Goat. Well, it's perfect that Owen's deck because, one, he can cast that on turn four with Delirium, potentially, and it gets him to the Lake game, which he just wants to get to the Lake game. Against you Bant, see? you know, Bant can run over you pretty quickly. That card's pretty, pretty problematic for a Bant deck. If you watch that, all the LSV games... Just soak up a little bit. just soaked up so much. It's, it's, they can't even attack with the spider. It's, like, so big. So, that, it definitely is a good card when you're trying to get to Emrakul. Um, but when you're just caring about chaining deep beans. You know. What I understand is how come he, he didn't play with any Nissas. Nissa seems like a, just a better card than Pilgrim's Eye a lot of the time. Uh, well, it's not an artifact. And again, he wants, he wants multiple types of cards in his graveyard to field the... Like his goal is to try to get a turn five Emrakul. <laughs> in a perfect world, that's what he wants. And even as a crappy Power Warstone. Well, that's a, yeah, exactly. You have to play all these weird. Like, if you're really trying to be all in an Emrakul, you have to play a lot of like awkward cards. But I don't know, man. If you just play like a black green deck, you get you get the Planeswalker, which can win you games on your own. All your sorceries and instants are actually good against creatures. And just jam four Terrarian in there. <laughs> it's like, who cares? That's your deck. Like, that's what you're trying to do. Who, who terra- really terrarian for, uh, for Kozilek's return. <laughs> red, red. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't need any red mana. It's like, who cares? I don't know. That's, I think, you have, to, you have to decide what you want to do. Do you want to try to get to Emrakul as fast as possible? Or do you want to try to chain Deep Beans? Those are two questions that I think people have to answer because of the protocol. I think, or you could just ban people. <laughs> I think I would just want to like um, make them discard their awesome creature for like being one, and then like flash that card back, and you know, cast effective spells the wrong way instead of fancy spells. Transgress got a lot better because of the proto. That's for sure. Like I, is it four transgress? I think one black red's got to be gas, right? Like transgress and. Is it better than Black Green, though? I don't know. Tireless Tracker is really good. <laughs> I don't want to not play Sylvan. Like, imagine imagine you're playing a Sam Party's deck, but instead of that stupid Grim player, you're just, your creature base is like four Tireless Tracker, four Sylvan Advocate. Both cards that could potentially survive a language. <laughs> and are just good cards. The Grim player's gas. He's like a... He's an Orcish Librarian. I... Yeah. And, it, and it's Death Dealer and Orcish Librarian at the same time. I agree, it's good. I just don't know if, like, I think you need Languish in that deck. I think the deck wants Languish. And I just don't like playing Grim Player and Languish in the same deck. And I, I, and I love Tile Striker. I think Tile Striker is just really, really good right now. Because none of the decks are, like, hyper-aggressive. And it's just really good at, like, gaining... It helps you, like, any card you draw in the mid-game is going to be fine. If it's a spell, it's great. If it's a land, just cash it in for a clue. And it just helps you get all the cards you need. I think it's a perfect card for, like, a black green deck. I, I think like if they had three in their main, I think they probably would have played four. Uh, did you see the green-white deck that uh, I was playing in Sander for a while? So 
I don't know if you came, I don't think you came to the tournament, standard tournament that Philly and uh, BDM split the finals. Uh, I didn't go to that one. I heard about that. Yeah, so that was in here. It was in Hoboken, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so that deck plays like four Uvenwald Hydra. Um, Ooh. Like, I think Uvenwald Hydra is like the perfect magic card. I don't understand why people don't play more of it. It's like super good. Yeah, I mean, it's Trump by like, Emrakul now. What do you... <laughs> well, okay. It, You're going to play a six-meta card. It might be not, or... like, get Trump by... It might be bigger than Emrakul, right? And it can block Emrakul, right? And sometimes it's, it has a buddy. You need 13 lands to play Emrakul. Well, no, what if I only have seven lands, right? All right. But then you attack with your Emrakul, and I'm like, all right, double my guy, because he gets the double land. Oh, he gets the double yeah. land block, and then... I, I don't know what scenario you're describing where I'm attacking an Emrakul into, like, two... Do you have any idea how I... many Archangel Avacins I've eaten with a tapped Uvenwald Hydra? You attack, and they're like, all right, take it. Right. They're like, all right, end of your turn, Flesh, I'm going to attack you. All right, uh, double my guy, untapped Uvenwald Hydra blocks your guy. Yeah. I... That was on the table, just like it was last the, These scenarios sound great in rounds two through four, but... Once you get to the crunch rounds, yeah, you're not people don't play this way. You, you once in a while, but for the most part, you're gonna get played against people. I mean, I think Uvenwald is just so good. It's probably just in the wrong period, you know. It's it. I, I think eventually maybe it'll find the place, but I think Sam Black played it for a while. He had one in his seasons past. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think the card itself is really powerful, and in other formats, it probably would have been really, really good. Um, but I don't know. Just so I made a red green deck. It's probably not good enough. It's just like th- that guy and Goblin Dark Dweller, Exquisite Firecraft, and like collected thing. Like all values. Chapin thinks that value is terrible in standard. He thinks it's all about over the tops now. Well, Bant is just such a tempo deck that it's hard to get value on them. They have so many like obnoxious cards that you have to contend with. Are the are the only good Eldrazi's Elder Deep Fiend and Emrakul? And then I guess Wretched Griff, right, is the third. Wretched Griff is good just because it's six to emerge, and it can it can get you the Kozilek's return. It can trigger that faster. Distended Mindbender is fine. Um, people are playing that, but Distended Mindbender, if it was a five six, it'd probably be insane. But a five five, it just dies. It, it dies to its own. It's, it doesn't die to its own. Not, no, because but, you, but yeah, when you're casting it, yet. but it's just. It's amazing to me that they made the blue one the best and the black one the five five like that five five compared to five six is so big. I it's well, just... the mindbender's ability is busto. Okay, that is a great ability. It's just like weird that contextually it's they made this other card that was stupid. It, that... it it is a it is a great it is a great ability. I admit, but the the problem is is that. They added so many cards that help you top deck now. Like, okay, you got rid of cards in my hand. I can draw the card I want, or I can draw a Traverse to Illuminvold, or I can draw a Grapple the Past, you know, or I can draw like a Dark Petition with your black green. Like, there's just so many options for you to top deck now. So just like getting their hand and being like, all right, is that it? I don't think it's going to necessarily cut. And it gets, a, it gets an aggressive deck. That card's obviously not going to matter as much. And against another black-green deck, they're picking apart your creatures. So, again, it's about, am I going to have a creature to emerge in the first place? You know? This standard is so weird. I watched a match where Owen cast three consecutive Gather the Packs, none of which netted a card. Yeah. Right? And then, it but it still seemed fine. And he ch- so right? like, I saw him choose not to get it. He's like, eh, I don't want a creature. I need it in my graveyard. Like, that was... You know, that was yeah. weird, right? Three consecutive. It's fun. It's a fun format. <laughs> when you see weird stuff happen, that's a sign of a good format. Um, all right, so good luck with your infect. Do you have any sweet, saucy tech in your infect deck? Not yet. I might <laughs> I might actually play Thing in the Ice in my sideboard. Against who? Against decks that have, like, against Jund or Abzan. Decks that have... Uh, you know, basically creatures and very cheap removal. Um, just because it's it's a good way to actually just kill them without relying on infect. Because, you know, if they, if they just have, like, lightning bolts and Colgon's commands and stuff, the Thing in the Ice can actually dodge it. And on turn three, like, I can just play Thing in the Ice and then Vines. I could flip it pretty quickly in that deck because I have the Taxon Probe and yeah. the Jack Growth. And then, like, one hit from that, 
And if they don't block it again, basically that and become immense is just lethal. Well, you could just keep them from blocking it the first time, right? That's pretty easy. That Yeah, I can do that too. So I, I'm thinking about it. I don't know yet though. But I think it, it's, it, I'm looking for an alternate threat against decks that have like Knight of Souls Betrayal and all these like annoying cards for my 1-1s. <laughs> so what guys do you have? Uh, you have Blighted Agent, Glistener and Nexus. That's it. That's it. That's all the deck needs. It's hard. You have a lot of ways to protect those creatures. What are the What are the important blue things about the deck? Gitaxian Probe. Gitaxian Probe, Spell Pierce, Dispel, um, Blighted Agent. Obviously, I, I I see people play the black version, but I I'm Blighted Agent is just so much better than Plague Stinger. It's well, I was close. thinking about Salat. Like, I'm wondering why the green white version isn't good. Like, if you if you it's Blighted Agent. Blighted Agent's great. Don't get me wrong, right? But like. What is it? Cursed Leonin? Lost Leonin? Yeah. 2-1? That, that literally gets blocked by Mutable. <laughs> it gets blocked by... like the, the, reason, the reason you're so good against uh, Affinity is because they just can't deal with the Blade Agent. They have like four Galvanic Blast, that's it. They can clog the ground. They might not. They might not even be the red version. Exactly. So, Blade Agent is just so good. And, and it's the same thing against the Boggles deck. Like, they don't have a lot of ways to interact. With, any deck that doesn't have to do interact with creatures other than like blocking... That card's just too good, and I'm not gonna replace it with a two one. It's just not good enough. And and you lose so many good cards, like spell pierce, um, uh, what you call it? Um, even the um, the flip power toughness card. Uh, twisted like, image. Twi- even yeah. twisted image is great. Twisted image is so good in this format. Because you kill the hell it out of It kills signal spell pest. Spike. It kills ornithopter. It kills spell skite. It kills noble hierarch. It kills birds of paradise. It's just so good. You play one in your sideboard. I play two main. Two main? Yeah. It's so good. You need that card. I'm telling you. Owen played two in his main deck, too. And you board in another. Oh, I thought there was like a one in the center. No, one. that card's really, really good. How many spell skies do you have main? Zero? Yeah, zero. People are always playing spell skies against mains. They don't like them. Don't you wish you had a twisted image? <laughs> Couldn't cast it. My deck only taps for red. You're going to add blue just for twisted image. I mean, if I, play, I added blue, I would play Delver of Secrets. That's the best burn card there is. It's number one on the list. Yeah. All right. Um, it was, it's probably going to be storming outside, right? No, it's not that bad. I think it was just one of those summer showers. All right, well, let's go hunt Pokemon. All right. Thanks, Osip. This has uh, been Top 8 Magic. <laughs>